0: Heavenly Father, God, as we come to your word today, I thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, to hear your word preached, to hear your word delivered. God, I thank you that as I've already asked and that I know will be true, that no one here leaves the same way they came in. God, I thank you for it and receive it by faith in Jesus name. Everybody said, amen. say it one more time. Say Amen. 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 I want you to turn to your Bibles to Romans chapter ten. Romans chapter ten. Romans chapter ten. We're going to start in verse eight. Romans chapter ten, starting in verse eight. This will be our opening text, as usual. I always try to have our messages include a a lot of um, uh, scripture. I want to make sure that, you know, that everything I say is backed up by, as I've already told you, this living word that we believe in. Look at verse 8. What does it say? No, it's literally how the verse starts. But what does it say? But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. I want you to repeat that part after me. Say, in? In. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. Uh, um, introspective today so that that you can realize, because this is written to us, I want you to say, in my mouth, in my my heart. heart. And then he goes on to say, that is the word of faith which we preach. I want to pause there for just a second. You can leave it up on the screens. When I'm talking about faith, uh, sometimes I am talking about, I might say, you know, something that, that would refer to the Christian faith. Now, usually out in the world, especially if you're Filling out a form or something like that, people will, will ask you, well, of what faith? And they're meaning, you know, of the Protestant faith or some other faith or some other religion. What they more mean is religion, but they might use the word faith. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Hebrews 11.1 1, faith. Hebrews 11.1 1, faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things I have not seen. What is faith? Faith is how you receive Jesus. Faith says, okay, I I have not seen him with my own eyes. I I have not seen God with my own eyes, but I know in my heart that he is. I know that he's uh, um, um, alive. And so I believe it. And then I confess it. Well, this is the second part of this verse. Let's go on and let's read verse nine. That if you confess with your mouth, everybody say confess with my mouth, Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Now, your salvation here is pretty clear that it hinges upon you doing two things. Believing in your heart, but also confessing with your mouth. As I pointed out last week, and I focused last week more on on controlling those uh, creeping negative thoughts that that the devil likes to plant in our head or that come from various sources. But today I want to go a little bit of a different vein, but the same point applies. There is a correlation between your heart and your mouth. There's a relationship between your heart. When I say your heart, I don't mean your beating, pumping heart. I mean your spirit, your innermost man, your innermost being. There's There's a correlation between your spirit and your mouth. See, when I say that about your heart, you know, you might have read the Bible and always thought it was literally talking about your beating heart, but your beating flesh heart can't believe anything. It it can't believe anything. It's it's just, it has one function to pump blood into your veins. Your brain tells it what to do, and as long as all that's working properly, we all get uh, 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 blood oxygen levels and everything works great, man, We're, we're pumping, we're feeling good, everything's Hunky-dory, as they say down in the South. But I'm not talking about your flesh heart. I'm talking about your spirit. There's a correlation between your spirit, or as the Bible refers to, your heart, and your mouth. They've got to go together. They've got to work together. They've got to be in unison. They've got to to work together. Because we also have the third part of us that, that... that is kind of in between that's, that you're dealing with. We're, we are a three-part being. So spirit, and then flesh, but there's also your soul. So let's say it like this. Say, I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. I live a spirit. in a body. I have a, I have a soul. All right, so that's your three parts, spirit, soul, and body. So your soul is what we talked about last week, and I'll, of course, hit on a little bit today. Your mind your will, and your emotions. And so your mind, your will, and your emotions are a big part of, because they can steer you out of faith. Because if your heart, if in your heart, let's just use the very basic, the start of your salvation, right? You go, you hear about Jesus, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you get saved, and then when you leave, without doubt, I mean, unless you're just completely insulated from all outside world, somebody will say, "Well, well, how do you know that? Or are you really sure? Or you'll think that. Well, are you sure you're really saved? I mean, well, I recommitted in my life and I did what the pastor said. Well, are you sure you really? I mean, really, really? Do you know? I mean, do, I mean, I mean, and you, you, you either have these thoughts, or somebody will project it onto you, or. You'll just, let's say the next week you couldn't go to church and the week after that something came up and then you got sick and then, you know, four or five weeks passed, you didn't hear any word preached, you know, and nobody, I mean, I love our online audience, but it's hard to sit down and watch a whole service online. I see a family in the middle who's laughing right now. I don't mean to call them out, but this is really cool. This family here in the middle, the Anthony family, they've been watching from Indiana for how many months? Five or six months, they've been watching online. Isn't it pretty cool that they're here in person today? And they're, they're, they're believing God and working through figuring out how to, how to eventually move here. And things. Their they're family with the Jackson family who um, were who out of town, did they win the national championship? Is that what I saw? That's what I thought I saw. Yeah, pretty cool. So anyways, um, watching online is great. But 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 I mean if you go through all these and you go weeks and weeks and weeks without hearing the word, without getting word into your into your spirit, what'll happen? Your soul, your mind will begin to take over, and and then you're like, well, I'm not even really sure I'm saved anymore. Well, what happened? Your 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 faith hasn't been built. Romans 10 17 tells us faith comes by hearing the word. All right, now a lot of these things I say all the time, so if you if you've been here for a while, you're like, okay, that's nothing new. But if you're new, you need to understand these things. You need to understand how faith comes. Faith is built by hearing the word. As I preach today, your faith will be built. By Tuesday, if you don't uh, pray much, you don't hear much word, you don't don't, uh, confess much word, which is what I want to talk about today, if you don't do much of that, your spirit man is going to feel about this big. And then you're, you're you're you've been watching TV, you've been listening to music, you've been going through life, you've had coworkers talk to you, you've had all these other things happen in your life, you've dealt with unruly kids, maybe had a fight with your spouse, had some thoughts you you know wish you could not have, and then maybe said some things you wish you could take back. All this happens by Tuesday. You need the word. And you, you need it more than you realize. I want to tell you why today um, in, in a different way than I think that I've said in recent months. So let's finish this scripture. I want to make sure that we get through this. So in verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, here's where we get to the bread and butter for today. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made... Unto salvation, heart and mouth, heart and mouth. Everybody say it with me. Say heart, heart and mouth. mouth. Now, again, I'm not talking about when I talk about confession today, when I use the word confession, there's two different veins of confession in first John, first uh, 1 John one, nine. It, it talks about confessing your sins one to another. So that is a form of confession. But I'm not talking about that kind of confession. I'm talking about this kind of confession. I'm talking about this kind of confession that says I'm confessing what I believe in my heart. Not confessing things that I've done, not confessing my past. Uh, Like I said, 1 John 1 tells us to do that, but that's in a different vein. That's kind of more of a almost a negative side of confession. I'm talking about the positive side, that I'm going to confess what I believe, which is the word, and I'm going to let it come out of my mouth. Because here's what's really important about confession. And if you understand what I'm trying to tell you last week and this week, that there's a correlation between your heart and your mouth, I'm not talking about your thoughts. As a matter of fact, I started last week by telling you how to control your thoughts. Because uh, here's what I think happens. Where's my phone? This is, this is our current generation. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you what happened. I was, uh, this was before Soulmate or one of these big Sundays we were having. And uh, I, was, I, was, I was kind of tired. And it was late one night. And I, we, had, we, had, we always try to go to Sam's once a week for personal supplies, church supplies and all that. And uh, I'd, we'd forgotten something. And we realized it on Saturday afternoon. So Saturday night, Pastor J.T. is going to Sam's. And so I always park in the same spot, same area, and walk the same way. Like I said, I go about every week. I usually go at lunchtime with my kids. It's a nice, cheap lunch for the kids. I can shop while I'm there. It's great. It's really efficient. Daddy's happy. Kids are happy. If they're really good, they get a $1 ice cream. It's great. And what's really great is I've got them now convinced. All the ladies in there, they all know me. And so they split it now, so i pay, which I, I mean, I've got the money to buy, you know, whatever, but I'll pay $1, because I don't really want them to have a full ice cream. You know, I am mean, they're two, three years old, you know, like, we don't need that. So they split it into cups for me, and they were splitting it into two just for them, but now they split it into three for me. <laughs> cool, man, I like that. Anyways, that's not like the point of story. The point of story is this night, I'm by myself, so so I'm by myself, and I leave <laughs> I leave the, my car, And again, there was I can't remember what was going on or what Sunday it was, but there was a lot happening. And so I was writing things down or I was texting somebody and I'm texting and walking. And I I am not kidding you guys is I mean, I don't even is I don't even know what happened. All of a sudden I am on the ground my face is on fire, the phone goes up in the air, I, I'm on, literally on the ground in the middle of the parking lot, and I hear my phone, and I'm like, all I can think is, Lord, please don't let my screen be cracked. My face is on fire. And so I stand up, then the second thing I think is, and y'all have all done this, did anybody see, did anybody see me? Who saw me? And so I jump up, and I'm kind of like, Kind of looking around, you know, and I'm really like waiting on somebody to like, you know, either laugh or come up and make sure I'm all right. And I stand up and I realize what happened. There was a truck parked, not you know, 10 cars down from me or whatever, and had two or three like uh, pieces of wood, long pieces of wood sticking out the back. All right. And they were they were thin, they were like the one by whatever. So they were long, like this way long, but they were thin. It actually might have only been two because it couldn't have been that many. Because I I didn't see it. I didn't see it on my peripheral. I'm texting and walking, and it just smacked me right in the face. If y'all have ever seen Pastor J.T. walk, I walk with a purpose. I was probably walking at least 10 miles an hour. I mean, I was going into Sam's. I was on a mission. So now I have learned not to text and walk. (laughs) Why are y'all clapping? This is our generation. This is what we do. We're buried in, the, in these devices. And uh, whether you're, you're, you're a younger generation or even older, we're, I mean, we still are all, all, all of us now are on devices. Everybody's on devices. What, what, is, what I've noticed is our inclination to talk has gone down. To, literally to use our mouth, it's gone down. To, to verbalize things to go down. I, I mean, we've invested even with the church now in texting systems, which they're great. Our new texting system, by the way, the 888 number, you can reply to that. Well, why did we invest in that? Because people want the two-way communication. We can call people, try to reach them, try to reach them, call, 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 never answer. We send one text, yeah, I'll be there on Sunday. And they'll text back. Now, I mean, I'm not totally against that. I like the communication. If that's the way you like to communicate, that's fine. What I'm really talking about, what I'm trying to get you to understand, is that when you are dealing with what you believe, With what's in your heart, with what God has promised you, there has to also be a confession that's not just in your head, but that comes out of your mouth. And it starts with salvation. So let's go back to what I was saying about, man, sometimes I don't feel saved, or sometimes I don't, let me ask you this, how many of you can remember back in that time, you might have even been really young, you might not remember. But through the years, when you start actually talking about your faith, it does something different, right? When you, when you actually witness to somebody, cause you cause, and, and not even witness, like just tell somebody, I believe in Jesus, like just let that, allow that to come out of your mouth and it does something different on the inside of you. Because now here's what's happening. You're acting in faith. It's an action. It's a correlation to what I believe. I'm now saying out of my mouth, I believe what I heard. It's not just something I heard. It's not just thoughts that I have. It's down in my heart, and out of my heart comes this belief, and now I've got action with it. I believe that. So when you witness to somebody, that's one of the best best things you can do for confessing your faith because you're saying, no, I believe in Jesus, and you should too. I believe, I believe in Jesus. So let me give you a definition of confession. Let me give you a definition of confession. Number one, it's the affirming of something that we believe. So it's affirming what we believe, it's, or you could say it this way, it's confirming, but the proper term there would be affirming. When I confess, I'm affirming what I believe. Number two, it's testifying of something we know. So confession, my, my, what I'm talking about today, this type of confession. Again, I'm not talking about confessing your sins. I'm talking about affirming something I believe and testifying of something that I know. And number three, witnessing for a truth that we've embraced. So I'm witnessing. I'm, I'm, I'm wit, I, what's an eyewitness? When you go and you use you, you, a court scene or a, a, court, um, a court trial, a trial. They, they want facts, and they want eyewitnesses. They want somebody to say, I was there, I saw this happen, I saw this. And then if you've got several eyewitnesses with corroborating stories, I mean, the, the case is sealed. One of the worst things for a, 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 a trial is when there's different stories because then they've got to have other evidence and substantiate. Okay, well, this guy's story is obviously not true because the evidence doesn't line up with that one. These two or three people—they must be telling the truth because the evidence supports that. Now we've got a case. Do you see what I'm saying? So, what's the difference though? If no one comes and confesses what they're they're an eyewitness of, that you need an eyewitness. When you confess the word of God, you're witnessing. you're you're, you're witnessing to others. What you believe. You're witnessing. Alright, so it's witnessing a truth that we embrace. What does my confession do for me? What is your, why am I pushing so hard for you to talk more? And why am I working on, on correcting the way we talk? Because some of us, like I said, are reluctant to talk. But then others, we run our mouth all the time and are saying a bunch of stuff that line up zero with the Bible. If we're being honest... Line up zero with what's in this book. We're just repeating stuff that grandma said, repeating stuff that, that we heard on what you call it, or repeating stuff. I mean, I listen, there are things that I'm, I'm careful what I listen to. I said this last week. I'm even careful. I, I love, you know, I love Christian music. I love Christian rap. But some of, the, some of the Christian rap, I heard a guy the other day. I did not realize this. I, I, I like his music, but I don't know what I'm going to do now because he put out a song And in this Christian rap artist song, he cusses. I know I had to look it up because I heard it, and I'm like, wait a second. And I played it back. I'm like, I no, surely I'm just not hearing it right. Like I just, you know, this is just like the white part of me is not processing fast enough. I'm just, being honest, that's what I thought. Maybe I'm just not processing. Let me just see. Maybe this is like some new term or something. I looked up the lyrics. He cussed. Well, well I, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to listen to that. Like I, I gave up cussing. The Bible says to not use that type of language. I don't talk like that anymore. I'm not even if it's from a guy. I mean, one of my favorite Christian rap artists. Now, now I'm in a dilemma because I don't want to hear that. I like I like K Love, but there are some songs on K Love that confess stuff I don't believe. Let me let me tell you something. I'm not broken. I was broken. I am not broken anymore today. God said that he is, I, until Christ be formed in me, there is a process. I understand that. I'm not perfect today, but I'm not going to walk around confessing that I'm broken. I'm not going to walk around confessing I'm a sinner. No, I was a sinner. I was saved by grace. The, the Bible, Jesus told, he told them, he said, listen, go and sin no more. When he drew that line in the sand and he clarified that with them and said, listen, if y'all, have sinned throw the first stone He was telling them he said listen this is this is important for you to understand you 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 can control why would he tell her to go and sin no more Why would he tell us to go and go and sin no more think about that Now all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God I'm not that's in the Bible I understand that I understand but I'm not going to go around expecting for myself to screw up to mess up. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to use my wife said I shouldn't use that word anymore. I agree with her. Working. See, I'm working on my confession too. That we mess up. I'm not going to just go around expecting to mess up. Well, I'm just a sinner. I just. I'm just a sinner. I, I I heard this this guy just this earlier this year back in January. He. Uh, I could read you the article. His his uh, church is falling apart. Big mega church in another state. Um, he, he, uh, was in, I think several affairs that came out, but at the time of the article was one affair and, and I'm not for this. I'm not trying to talk down about somebody. I hate this. I hate hearing about this in the body of Christ, but here's why I really hated this story because in the article they referenced, they referenced, um, a recent series that he did a teaching series and it was called dirty and in the thing, this is the true story. Uh, and a, the the article correlated the fact this was also happening while he was the, the affair was going on in, in, in other states and people somebody caught a video of it and then it all came out several months later, but in the thing he, he they quoted lines from the sermon and he had the the, the uh, congregation repeat after him, we're all dirty, we we all sin, we're all living dirty lives. Now now I once lived. A dirty life. But the Bible tells me that Jesus cleaned me, that he washes me as clean, as white as snow, the Bible says, that his blood washes me as white as snow, that he forgets my sin as far as the east is from the west. That's what I'm confessing. I'm not going around confessing, oh, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, now that's not as, as popular it's probably a very, I mean, maybe one of the reasons why you had a megachurch, because ever, a lot of people want to know, this is, this, is, this is how I feel. A lot of people want to know, how, how far away from God can I live? In other words, how much sin can I allow? How far, how, how much can I drink and still be saved? How much can I smoke? How much can I do and still be saved? How much, I mean, I mean, this is, you know, some of the, the biggest debates in church world right now is about this kind of stuff. I, I'm, I'm just sticking with the Bible. I'm just sticking with the Bible. It's, pre, it's pretty clear on all that, and that's not my message for today. My message today is about what we're confessing. Because if you're not careful, you'll catch yourself saying these things, doing these things, singing these songs. Again, I'm all 4K love, but I'm not going to go around singing a song about being broken. I'm not. I'm not broken. God, God fixed me on the inside. The Bible says, "The day that I got saved, the old past, the old passed, the old passed away. All things have become new on the inside. I became a new creature. Yes, my flesh may need to. I, I'm work. I may be working on some things. I may be trying, to, but I'm not broken. I'm in the process of being. Christ is being formed in me. i see something's not broken if it's in the shop. Anyways, it's my soapbox on Caleb today. <laughs> I just think it's important that we recognize these things that we're confessing. Because if you say it long enough, here's what I want you to realize. Check out this scripture. Check out this scripture. Where's it at here? Uh, let me get to it. Here. Let me just, I'm going to say this first. What we believe, because I read to you Romans 10, right? Look, actually, I'll real read this scripture first Proverbs 18. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it. In other words, those who partake of it, those who indulge in it, those who indulge in what in either the life or the death in your tongue, they will eat the fruit thereof. You're going to have what you speak, whether you like it or not, you are going to have what you speak. Where you're living today is a direct correlation of what you've believed and spoken in your life. Now that's tough, but what can you do about it? I, I can change how I speak. I, can, I don't let my kids I don't let my kids say, we, we, man, I nip in the butt. can't? Nope. Find some other way to describe I'm having trouble with. Daddy, I need help with. We're getting this way with piano. My daughter Kaylee is five. she's taking piano. And, and it went from like, like really super simple, you're a music instructor, you know, there's this jump where if you're going to go to the next level, it starts getting difficult. And, and I mean, I mean you know, I mean, uh, uh, treble clef and bass clef and all this stuff, I'm not a music guy, so I'm like, I'm like secretly trying to learn music through her, like I'm living vicariously through her, you know, and I'm like, man, this is tough, she's five. And so it's tough, and I, I, but, but we are determined not to allow her to say, I can't do it. Because see, Paul in, in Philippians chapter 4, he lists every trouble that he went through, every calamity that he went through, and God had called him to a purpose and to a higher place. And he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't matter what I face. It doesn't matter what I'm looking at. It doesn't matter how big the mountain is. It doesn't matter. I can do it. And so I don't allow can't. I don't allow can't. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want my kids to grow up with that mentality. I didn't grow up with that mentality. My parents did great with that with us. No, we're not gonna. They, they latched on to this early on, and I kind of grew up this way, and and I kind of take it for granted sometimes. I just, I, I'm not just talking about speaking positively though. Because because there's there's Christian metaphysicists and all these people. I don't even know if you could call them Christians, but there's like. Um, Science, Christian science or whatever. And, and a lot of them are, are only the soul. They only deal with the soul. And they only talk about speaking positively. It's not just about speaking positive. I want you to understand that. It, it's, about, it's about what's in here getting down in here so that it comes out of here. Because in order for this to come to pass, I'm either going to speak death or life. And what's going to come out has got to be what's in here. So, so when you hear a word preached like today, I'll always try to litter in things that, that are promises from the word of God and, and things that apply to your life so it's not just the principle, but it's also applicable. And if you apply it, you'll see the life that's in your tongue, you'll eat the fruit of it. What does that mean? I, my, my kids right now, are loving strawberry season. Anybody else in here love strawberry season? Woo! They, I mean, I mean, we're going to have to believe God for more money just to go through all the, I mean, you, you pass this um, right down here, you know, the the coddle strawberry um, tent is out. My kids go berserk every time we drive by it. Strawberry! 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 Even Josh, even Josh now, who's like a man of few words. Strawberry! I can't remember how he says it, I want to try to emulate him wrong, but I mean, they, they love it. They love it. Well, How do you get strawberries? You plant strawberry bushes. And they grow and they produce strawberries. They don't come off of apple trees. They don't come out of orange orchards. They don't come out of the peaches down at MacBee Farms. No. They come out of strawberry plants that were planted. You're going to eat the fruit that you plant in your life. If you plant death, you're going to eat it. If you plant life, you're going to eat it. What are you planning? What are you planning? Notice this. What we believe is a result of our thinking. So if we think wrong, we'll believe wrong. If our believing is wrong, our confession will be wrong. In other words, what we say will be wrong, which goes along with this. It'll be death. It all hinges on our thinking. Now, how do we change that? The Bible tells us not to be conformed by the world that we live in, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Word of God does something in your mind. And what's amazing is that it happens in many different forms. When you hear it preached, it works. When you read it, it works. When you recite it yourself, it works. It it works because the Bible says it's living and powerful. He said, my words are spirit and they are life. Jesus, when when God put his word together, he he, he put his word in his son, first of all. I don't know if you've ever realized that, but when Jesus came to the earth, he was the word. So everything we see him do was the word of God. Because the word became flesh. When Jesus said something, it was word on word. That's powerful. It was the word of God speaking word. Man. I don't know. I, I mean, I hope somebody got that. When you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you read, if you have a red letter Bible and it's red, all of those words... Where Jesus, because he said, I'm not saying anything my father hasn't told me. I'm not saying anything. So when Jesus said this in Mark 11, look at this. In Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, this is word on word. You ever heard of a car that's black on black? This is word on word. So Jesus answered them in verse 22, and he said, have faith in God. He was talking to disciples. He was talking to, he wasn't talking to people who didn't have faith. But he was correcting them because they said, well, well uh, master, how did this tree wither? So to back up a little bit so you know what's happening, maybe you aren't familiar with this scripture, there was a, a, a fig tree. Jesus had walked up on the fig tree. He saw the fig tree. He said, listen, this fig tree should have figs on it. It doesn't. He cursed the fig tree. Now, how do we know? Think about this. Catch this. How do we know he cursed the fig tree? It came out of his mouth. They heard it. The disciples stood beside him and said, what? Did he just talk to that tree? Hey, hey, uh, Luke, did you give him his medicine today? I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, but I mean, he's just talked to a tree. All right, cool. All right. Well, uh, I don't see anything happening. What happens is they went off. They came back the next day and the Bible says they walked up. And they were like, hey, look, it's withered up from the roots. And he tells me, he says, have faith in God. Well, what was he saying? He was saying to have the, uh, the faith of God is another way you could look at this. If you were to study out the original Greek, what was translated here, that would almost be a, a second type of way of wording this sentence, but it's not popular or uh, proper English but you could say have the faith of God instead of having faith in God. Either way you look at it, it's saying to have the God type of faith. What type of faith is that? The type of faith that looks at something and calls it what it should be. That speaks to it. When you open your mouth and you confess things, when you allow this word to not just be, look, let's go back to just your salvation. When it comes out of you and it bubbles out and you say, you know what? I believe in Jesus. You know what? I believe he died for me. I believe that, that you know what? If if I'm not just I'm tired of just hearing pastors say that healing is for me, I'm gonna get it down in my heart, read it for myself. Healing is for I believe in healing. I believe I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. When you start talking like that, you're putting action to your faith, to what you believe, you're confessing it, and it will come alive in you. That's what he's telling them. Have that kind of faith. We know that because in Hebrews, what does it say? That the very world, world, worlds, worlds with an L, were formed by the words of God. That's the faith of God. Your words matter, life and death. Keep going. What does it say in verse 23? For assuredly, I say to you, whoever thinks about the mountain, whoever tweets about the mountain, whoever does a really good TikTok dance about the mountain. No, whoever opens up their mouth and allows the life that's in their tongue to move and allows the, the syllables to come together, form words, and says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says, he will have whatever he What you say matters. Now, I could just read the scripture to you, but remember how I set it up? This was who talking? Who was the? (laughs) This is word talking on word. He said, listen, you got to talk. You can't just tweet. You can't just text your friends about it. Oh, well, I believe God. And I just, I just think, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking about what I'm texting, and I just, you know, God will, I know God will provide a way. Mm-mm. I I want to I want to encourage you, implore you, plead with you to not, to not stay there. Put down the phone, close the door, and get in your room for a minute, and start confessing. Pray and ask God. For the situation, that's the first, I mean, you need, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. You need to ask. But once I ask, go to verse 24 before I finish my statement. What does verse 24 say? Verse 24 says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, you ask when you pray, that, 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 how do you, how are you going to ask and pray if you don't? When you ask and you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. So you get in your room and you you ask God because I need to ask. When I do, I believe I receive it from that moment forward. I confess that it's done. No, it's I'm taken care of. I got God's got this. God's got this. I'm gonna be all right. Stop saying. I mean, every time I oh I'm tired. Now, I mean, you might have actually literally had no sleep and you might be legitimately tired. But but I mean. Like if every time you talk and every time you go and everything you do, you're always tired. Always. I mean, you're going to be tired. Well, I just, every time the, uh, the weather comes in and changes, my ankles, man, they just, they just give me a fit. So you've looked on your phone at the weather app. And three days prior, determined that on Tuesday, you're going to have ankle problems. Think about it. That's what you just said. Now, what's going to happen? That's what you're going to believe. So on Tuesday, you're going to wake up expecting, because for three days you've said, well, you know that weather's changing on Tuesday. And when that weather comes in on Tuesday, man, my ankles, I'm just telling you what, I just hope I can get to work. I hope I can walk around all day because my ankles are, and you, stop talking like that. Stop letting that come out of your mouth. You—you you, What is the, the Bible says you have ankle problems when the weather changes? What chapter and verse is that? It doesn't say that. Well, I just—I just don't know how. I don't know how God's gonna. I don't need to know how God's gonna. Amen. I don't—I don't need to know because that's what faith is. That's right. What I know is His word, and what I know I have in here, and I'm going to let it come out of here. Right. And it's very seldom you're going—you're going to catch me saying anything contrary. And I want to go ahead and ask for your forgiveness in advance because I will most likely correct you in good faith and in good pastoral love if you say something contrary. I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll say, no, let's not confess that. Let's change that wording a little bit. God's working on that situation. All right, now go on with your story. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to help you because most times, and I know this to be the fact you don't even realize what you're saying. You're repeating things that grandma said. You're repeating things that religion told you. You're repeating things that that, that other... And I, I believe they, they weren't trying to put bad doctrine in you, but maybe your previous church or whatever, they said things. They had colloquial phrases that they said. But I, I'm telling you in the Bible, I can't find anything contradicting to what I'm saying, so I'm going to go off of that. What I confess matters. What I let come out of my mouth matters. Life and death are right here. Look, look at what James 3 says. Look at what James 3 says. James 3, 4. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and they are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder. Has anybody ever seen like a big like Titanic-sized ship, a cruise ship, a massive ship? The rudder is 1% of the size of the ship. by hell. Now that's not talking about like any tongue. That's saying that if you allow it to be that's death and life, if you allow it to be death, it'll be death. Your tongue can steer your life. Your tongue can steer your life. What are you confessing? Now, when my, my, my daughter Madison, she, she, uh, is going through this little phase where she just, she, uh, she knows we know what she wants kind of deal. So she likes to just kind of whine. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I know because of the context of the situation, what she wants. So-and-so got, you know, Kaylee got something and so she wants it. Or she's the middle child, you know. So Josh got his way and now she wants that or she wants, you know, he got to watch a show, she wants something different, whatever. And so I know. And so I kind of got this bad habit where I would just do it for you know what I mean. But I've been trying to fix that. No, Madison, you're a big girl. Use your words. And one day I said this. I said, "All right, I want you to repeat after me." I'm big girl Madison. And she said, I'm B- "If y'all, she's like the got the sweetest voice. Just go like just if you want to be cheered up, just go talk to Madison for like 30 seconds, and it'll cheer you up." I'm big girl, Madison. Now say this. And I would tell her whatever it was. You know, I would like, may I please have? That's the statement we taught them. May I please have? And so now she'll do that because she'll start whining and I'll just ignore. Her. And all of a sudden she'll change it. She she got the revelation that my whining is not going to produce what I want. And now she she says my full statement. And so she'll come back to me. <clears throat> and she'll like, you know, pull my shirt or whatever, you know. I'm big girl Madison. May I please have, and she'll say whatever. How do I I say no after that? But now I know exactly what, because I could be wrong. I could assume the wrong thing. We as parents, we've done that before, but now I know exactly what she wants. I've forced her to to use her words and and talk. I want to go back to Mark 11, I want to wrap up with this. Brother Andre, you can come. When, when, when Jesus spoke to that tree, now we've talked about this, and I, 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 want, I want you to, to, to think about your life. I want you to apply this to your situations. I want you to apply this to whatever you have going on. Okay, I'm facing a problem, and, and my, my tendency has been to talk negative or to not talk at all, or whatever it can, whatever the case may be, and so I'm going to change how I speak. Say it with me. Say, I'm going to change my confession. All right, so I get it. You're you're, you're there. You're going to change it. Okay, but then the situation happens. The mountain is there, and you speak to the mountain, and now what happens? Nothing. And so you start, start thinking. Well, maybe. Well, this. Well, that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. And then, if you're not careful, out of that, you'll begin contradicting what you already spoke. Well, I guess I didn't say it right. Or I guess God didn't hear me. Or I guess blah, blah, blah. Or I guess I'll just... And you go back to the same cycle that you were in before. Because you're looking at a mountain instead of looking at the mountain mover. Go back, to, go back to Mark eleven twenty two. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, does not what? Thou. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will, might possibly, no, he will. could possibly, no, he, will. he will have whatever he says. So if you say one thing and then say the other, what are you going to have? You're going to have whatever you say. You're going to have whatever you say. So here's what you have to realize. When they the disciples rolled up on this tree, they said, Master, this tree has been Killed or whatever has has died from the roots they noticed that from the roots the tree died now you might not understand this I understand this because I studied horticulture when a tree takes its life force from roots it's constantly running through it's almost like veins like you have in your body it's running from the roots running up the tree up to the leaves all right At the moment that he, this is what I believe, because they said that he cursed the tree and that it died from the, everybody say it from where? From roots, which are below the surface that you cannot see. This is what I believe, that at that moment the tree died because that's what the word says. But it took the time for all of that stuff to run through the tree for the, the nutrients, the cation exchange, and everything that's happening below the surface to stop for the trees, the, the leaves to then wither. Once they wither, then what happens? The sunlight and, and, and uh, um, um, chlorophyll and all that other stuff that's happened, that stops. So then the roots die, but it happened when he said it. See, If you focus on what you see, then you're also contradicting another part of the Bible, that we live by what we believe. We live by faith. We walk by faith and not by, you got to put your faith goggles on. And when you speak to that tree, you see it cursed. When you speak to that situation, you see it changed. When you speak to your body, you see it healed. When you speak to your financial, when you speak to the lack of job in your life, you've got to see yourself in a job. You've got to talk like you're in a job. You've got to act like you're in a job. I, I mean, well, oh, well, no one will hire me, and no one, they're, they're all, are, you know, this is going on and that's going on, and I just, I, I get, well, you talk, you're talking, and, and by the way, there are like like five or six families right now that are looking for jobs, so if you think I'm talking about you, I'm talking about everybody. And there are people watching that I don't even know, I, people I have, haven't even met. But I'm just saying that you you can talk it out of the out of the, the 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 faith that you were in. So you can say, okay, I'm believing God for a job. Yet you're saying no one will hire me. If if you say no one will hire me long enough, no one's going to hire you. Because you're that's what you believe. No. God has a way where there is no way. God has a way where there is no way. And I don't know how, I don't need to know. I don't know in what, what situation or how it's going to all come to fruition, but God has a way. He made a way 2,000 years ago when his son died on that cross. He made a way for me to live in this life. John 10.10 10 says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I came to give you life and life more abundantly. There's an abundant life for me here and an abundant life for me in heaven. I'm going to live an abundant life now. I'm not going to live in lack. I'm not going to live in depravity. I'm not going to live in, in pain. I'm not going to live with a mixed mind and, 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 and depression and anxiety. I, I've never really battled with that. But sometime recently, I don't remember when it was, I, I if I've ever had that try to come on me, it was then. It was like this, this, funk i don't know what to let me tell you how i got out of it i talked my way out of it i'm telling you the god honest truth i looked in the mirror and said no you're gonna have a good day today this is gonna be a productive day you're gonna have a productive day today you're gonna get up you're gonna go and you're gonna i don't you know and it was like the weirdest thing because like lots of good stuff was happening like i don't even know why i was you know what i mean this was a while back, but I just, you know, I was like, man, like, wh- like, why am I even feeling this way? It was like several days, like several days where I'd like, I'd like go to bed. I'm like, all right, it's going to be great. You know, this is going on. This is going on. Right, We've got this coming up and then wake up. And so I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what, you know, like clinical depression or anxiety or whatever, but I, I have battled where I'm not going to let myself slip down that alley. Say, so, no, no, I'm not. No, no, nope, no, nope, that's not what's in here. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I have a sound mind. The Bible says I have the mind of Christ. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in me. You know why He gave us the Holy Spirit? He says, I'm sending you a helper. It's better for you that I leave because I'm sending you a helper. When you get saved, what happens? On the inside of you comes a helper. So you you can't go by what you see. You can't go by your mind. You can't go by all these senses. Because when you do, you're leaving the helper incapable of helping you. But when you say, no, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have overcome the world because Jesus lives in me and he overcame the world. This world cannot do, Satan cannot keep me down. He cannot knock me down. He cannot, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can form all the weapons you want. What are you doing? I'm quoting scripture, baby. I'm talking about my life right now here in the middle of service. Yeah, yeah, I am. Can I do that for a second? Y'all should do it with me. No weapon for it. devil, you can try to do stuff. you can try to take things out, you can try to change stuff around. You can try to try your best. I will not quit. I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. I probably I probably shouldn't go over. This is from Dr. Uh, David Youngie Cho. Who, uh, at the time, I'm not sure if it's still, the the it was the largest church, million, uh, I think it got up to two million members, largest church in the world, in Korea. This is from his book, an excerpt from his book. There are certain steps that we must follow for faith to be properly incubated in essential truth about the realm that faith operates in. There's also a basic principle about the spoken word that we need to understand. So I want to speak to you about the creative power of the spoken word. One morning I was eating breakfast with one of Korea's leading neurosurgeons. He was telling me about a recent finding about various operations of the brain. He said, Dr. Cho, did you know that the speech center in the brain rules over all the, all the nerves. You ministers really have power because according to our recent findings in neurology, the speech center in the brain has total dominion over all the nerves. I, I laughed saying, well, I've known this for a long time. So he asked me, he said, how did you know that? In the world of neurology, this was written in 1979. So if you're wondering, this isn't dated, this, or this is dated, 1979. How did you know that? In the world of neurology, these are new findings. And so he said, I replied, I love this. I heard it from Dr. James. Well, who is this Dr. James? Well, he was one of the famous doctors in biblical times nearly 2,000 years ago. And in his book, I read this to you about the tongue. In his book, in chapter three, the first few verses, Dr. James clearly defines the activity of and the importance of the tongue in the speech center. And so the neurosurgeon was completely amazed. He said, does the Bible really teach about this? Yes, the tongue is the least member of the body, but it can bridle the whole body. Then the neurosurgeon began to expand on his findings, on their findings. He said that the speech nerve center has such power over all the body that simply speaking can give one control over his body to manipulate it in the way he wishes. He said, if someone keeps on saying, I'm going to become weak, then right away, the nerves receive the message and they say, oh, let's prepare to become weak. We have received instructions from our central communications that we need to become weak. They then, in natural sequence, adjust their physical attitude to weakness. This is coming from a leading neuroscience specialist in Korea. They then, are in, If someone says, well, I have no ability, I can't do this job, then the nerves begin to declare the same thing. I'm going to skip down. If someone keeps saying, I'm very old, I'm so very old and so tired, I can't do anything, then right away, the speech central control response begins giving those orders. And the nerves respond, yes, we're old, we're ready for the grave, let's be ready to disintegrate. If someone keeps on saying that he's old, then that person is soon going to die. The neurosurgeon continued saying that man should never retire. Once a man retires, he keeps repeating to himself, I am retired. And so all the nerves start responding that way, and they become less active and ready for a quick death. That conversation carried great meaning to me, Dr. Cho went on to say. It made an impact on my life, for I could see that one important usage of the spoken word is the creation of a successful personal life. He wrote a whole book on it, Dr. Younggi Cho, Y O N G G I Cho. I want a prayer for you, and I want to bless you before we leave. I want, I want, I want you guys. When you speak to that tree, don't worry about what you see. When you speak to that mountain, don't worry about what you see. Because even when I don't see it, He's working. Even when I can't feel it, he's working. Even when things are happening, no, it's working. It might be happening behind the scenes. It might be happening below the surface. But when I speak God's word, it's living and powerful, it comes to life, it works every time. Now I can undo it with my words or I can put it into action with my words. When you believe God for salvation, you're taking his word and putting it into action. And the same thing, doesn't, it doesn't stop that day. It applies every day of your life. Confess, confess. Another verse in the Bible says to hold fast the profession of faith. Or confession of your faith. Hold fast to it. Hold fast. I believe God's word. If I listen, say this with me. Say I believe it and that settles it. Here's the full statement. I was it's coming back to my memory. If God's word says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Dear Heavenly Father, y'all stand up on your feet real quick. Actually, before I pray over you, I, I really have felt led to do this every week, so I'm going to do it again today. It may be for those online or those in this room. But if you need to rededicate your life or commit your life to Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. Say, I want what you're talking about. I want to do what it said, what you said at the beginning. I want to believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I want to confess with my mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead. I want to make Him Lord of my life. Whether this is your first time or 100th time, it doesn't matter. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Now, if you've done it before, but like I said, you haven't confessed it, then I want you to say this prayer with me today and I want you to leave here confessing it. Find somebody and say it. Outside this room, find somebody and say, hey, I just want you to know, I believe in the Lord Jesus. And and watch how it, watch what it does on the inside of you. It, it like It's like... When, have you ever seen wet cement? It's cement. It's still cement when it's wet, but it's not solid. But over time, when you, when you smooth it out, speaking the word. And that time goes by, and you keep speaking the word. You keep speaking, saying, oh, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. It solidifies, and it's a solid foundation. Because the more you say, "I believe in Jesus," I don't care what's happening in the rest of the world. I don't care if if, if Christianity is, you know, uh, become this, you know, where not everybody's a Christian, everybody's just dis- what is it, uh, um, uh, dis- disintegrating their faith. All these, all this weird stuff that's happening. No, I'm not getting into all that. You know why? Because every day I wake up and say, "I believe," I believe, I, I believe, and. and God hasn't changed in thousands of years. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we're going to say this prayer today, and you're going to leave here, keep confessing it. Never go back. to to Well, I'm just not sure if I'm saved. Don't say that, because then you're going to believe you're not saved. Romans 10. "Unto, Unto salvation your confession is made. Confess unto salvation. Say this prayer with me, everybody in this room. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm going to lift your voice loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, if you're online, say it with me. Say, In the name of Jesus, today, I open up my heart for Jesus to come in. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived as a man, died on the cross for me, lived a perfect life, but took on my sin in my iniquities on that cross for me. I believe he went down to hell. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He defeated the devil. And I believe he's alive today. That on the third day, he rose from the grave. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you. For cleaning up my life. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. I repent. I turn away from my past. And I turn toward a future with you. Today is a new day. Today, I serve Jesus forevermore. I'll never be the same. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give them a round of applause, everybody who said that prayer today. If you're a youth, grades 6 through 12, we'll see you Tuesday night for March Madness. I can't wait. Um, Reminding you about Easter eggs and candy. Thank you for bringing those. And uh, if you're a youth worker, stay around for just a moment. I want to meet with you real quick. God, bless them as they leave here. Watch over them, protect them. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all go bless.